0: Everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that the sunset hike was restful for those of you who were able to make it out there. The pictures looked amazing, and also just a big gratitude for Ryan leading us in just a beautiful service last weekend. I'm so grateful for the times where we can kind of break from the norm and insert in a greater space for reflection and slowing down. Um, so again, we'll hope to do more of those kinds of things in the future, but. We hope to see you back on Sunday for a more typical liturgy as we continue to move through the summer. And as always, uh, we'll be kind of in a space of worship, contemplation, and conversation. So this week, our text comes from Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. It says, now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Word of God. So, regrettably, this story is often suffered from an either-or, black-and-white interpretation, with Martha becoming the poster child for all that is wrong, um, a life of busyness and distraction, and it is contrasted against this perfect life of contemplation uh, in Mary, which was also mirrored in the space of contemplation in kind of the perfect life of the monastery. But the story has to be read against the backdrop of Luke's gospel as a whole. Um, and there's so much more multiplicity to this story. There's so many layers in, within the relationships between sisters, between Jesus and both of them, and between hospitality and faith that I think gives us far more to play with than just saying, stop being busy and just think and pray all the time, which is one, uh, not very likely, and two, not very practical, we always talk about bringing it back into balance and and bringing some of these kind of heady knowledge or ideas into reality. Um, so we hope to kind of explore within this week the role of both in especially the space of active justice work um, because. This is the beauty of having an ebb and flow to the church calendar, to our lives, that we're never kind of static. There's always going to be a need for one or the other or both. And so we hope that in moving towards a more open understanding of this passage, uh, we might find that ourselves. So the backdrop of Loose gospel also points to this idea where the work of hospitality um, was one of the the signs of God's kingdom being present. Um, there is much to be said about the hospitality that the disciples were receiving throughout their time both with Jesus and even within the work of the early church that it was not possible to be doing ministry without benefiting um, from folks who were opening their homes to them who were able to feed them and clothe them and and continue to send them on their way Um, so we Talk about um, kind of the last couple weeks, these stories of going out, of kind of slowing down, of rest, of vulnerability, and we hope to bring that into this conversation as well. So I would say that both Mary and Martha are actually active within this passage. Uh, Mary's action is leaving her expected role of serving dinner, perhaps, or other chores, in order to listen to Jesus, which, again, is a bold action, a woman who is sitting and learning at Jesus' feet, possibly in that process, transgressing cultural expectations, and Jesus not only improves, but he continues uh, to kind of harp on that point, that Mary was choosing the better in this moment, Um, So I think in this, we get an immediate dimension of Jesus sharing in his ministry uh, across kind of gender and cultural expectations. On the other hand, right, she leaves Martha to kind of do all of the rest of hospitality alone, or at least that's how Martha is perceiving it. And again, um, the reality is Martha invites Jesus in and people still need to get fed, Um, This action of feeding, of caring, was something that was so important um, to being able to help Jesus continue his ministry. But what is noted within this passage is that Mary was distracted with the serving. The verb is perispado, to be anxious, to be unduly concerned, um, and even to be pulled or dragged away. So this connotation is that Martha's becoming distracted and overburdened by the pressure um, of providing this space. So something good had become a danger to maintaining healthy relationship. I mean, I related to Martha so quickly when she says, I'm doing this all alone. Someone please come help me. Um, I see that in Our attempt to make sense of the world that we're living in—it can feel so isolating to be in a space where it feels like, from every intersection, from every corner, we are facing another injustice, another issue. Um, Even within our own lives, there have been so many tragedies, so many unexpected twists and turns that um, are. Are difficult and sometimes make us feel even more isolated Um, and Martha expressed it in frustration but I think her point is actually correct Um, while Jesus corrects her on is that she was so consumed by the task and it wasn't done in a posture of love and ease and even acceptance of herself however she asks to be joined by her sister to share the task, which I would argue actually leans into transformational values. Um, But again, that is the difference between intention. So as we hope to move from either or thinking um, into a space of community, into a space of abundance, I think if Martha had been aware of what was coming up for her, um, this anxiety, this pressure, this frustration, If she was aware and able to help name it, it might have been a different space of calling her sister in. Um, And I think this also lends itself to the whole idea of being able to practice the sacred in all things. Um, There's a, a famous quote that I've said I think probably a million times here before. that says, If while washing dishes, we think only of the cup of tea that awaits us, thus hurrying to get the dishes out of the way as if they were a nuisance then we are not washing the dishes to wash the dishes. What's more, we are not alive during the time we are washing the dishes. In fact, we're completely incapable of realizing the miracle of life while standing at the sink. And if we can't wash the dishes, the chances are we won't be able to drink our tea either. While drinking that cup of tea, we'll only be thinking of other things, barely aware of the cup in our hands. Thus, we're sucked away into the future and incapable of actually living one minute of life. Which, the first time that I heard this quote was a little bit of a dagger to the heart because sometimes I think we can stay so busy or so distracted in order to avoid feeling the hard things. And I don't think that's what Jesus invites us into in that space of vulnerability of using our stories, of meeting each other in hospitality. I like to believe that hospitality is much less about hiding the mess of life and so much more about making a space for others amongst the raw space that we occupy. I think this passage is more so about giving our full attention to something than getting it right every time. If we can go about living life believing that anything can be beautiful, mystic, meditative, how do we meet it? How do we slow down? Thought and action, I don't think are, they're not two polar opposites. There's an implicit um, in this juxtaposition between thought and act, word and deed, um, that I think can can create a divide between head and heart that is not helpful. And I see this mirrored in the differentiation often given to Martha and Mary between action and resting, when in reality they're much more intertwined than we might believe. What is needed instead of setting up this binary is the sensitivity to recognize when it is Martha and when it is Mary. Sometimes it is easier for us to try and think our way through life To engage in the contemplative practice rather than actually getting out there and living Um, I've been experiencing that in my own grief process of if I can just name and articulate my emotions enough Then I won't actually have to feel them if I can pin down what I'm supposed to be feeling, or name exactly which stage of grief I'm in in that moment, then maybe, just maybe, I'll escape actually having to go through it myself. And this is coming from someone who is trained in grief, is supposed to be so present, and yet when it visits our own home, when it comes knocking at our own door, it is difficult to stop and think, to not be drawn away. To not just keep ourselves busy enough to avoid it, um, but to lean in, to let it hit us, to let it move through us, and to move us. So I think through this whole passage that there's an argument that can be made in some, again, not trying to set up a binary, but Mary representing kind of a head knowledge, while Martha representing hands, that when separated, you know, both are necessary but both can be misguided. And so while the hope is that we could bring the two together in every decision, every action, every thought, um, in reality, we usually do get stuck kind of on one side or the other. So the question of where do you tend to lean? When things get heavy, where do you run? Attempting to make up for a feeling of lack lack of control by staying busy, Perhaps too busy to feel those feelings, or do you try to think your way through something that has to be felt? If we allow ourselves to be both, to see that there's a time for everything, maybe we might move out of a place of overwhelm. That this rhythm of action and contemplation could actually help prevent compassion fatigue and burnout. That we need both head and hands to teach us about the world around us. To integrate all of our experience and to meet in the middle in heart knowledge, which is what we serve out of, what we love out of, what we teach out of, what we dream out of. So ask yourself, what do you need more of this week, this month, this year? How will you set your intention for how you will occupy space and time? Jim Wallace understands this rhythm in this way. That action without reflection can easily become barren and even bitter. Without the space for self-examination and the capacity for rejuvenation, the danger of exhaustion and despair is too great. Contemplation confronts us with the question of our identity and power. Who are we? To whom do we belong? Is there a power that's greater than ours? Our drivenness must give way to peacefulness, and our anxiety to joy. Strategy grows into trust, success into obedience, and planning into prayer. It is all of these things, all together. And of course, it wouldn't be a sermon by me without a disclaimer or two. Um, Perhaps you've heard the quote that we all have the same 24 hours in the day, Therefore, if you don't feel like you're achieving what you want to, that's on you. But while we do have some control over what those hours may look like, the reality is we don't all have the same day. Family obligations, emergency circumstances, financial stressors, job situations, we all have different needs and requirements. So even as we look at Mary and Martha, We don't know what came before the story. Um, All that we can lean into would be assumptions. And so even as we practice kind of looking at this passage, um, instead of giving way to some of those assumptions, how might we be more curious to give grace even in this story? Um, And then also, of course, with ourselves. So I hope that we could be gentle with ourselves as we set these intentions that we would find new ways to let go of what the outside requires of you. That we could put anxious thoughts that draw us away to rest and lean into trusting that at the end of the day, I think you have that intuition and that knowledge to ride um, the ups and downs, that wave of life. And so I'm excited to, as always, join in conversation just about these rhythms, about uh, how we're looking forward into the fall and this relationship between action and contemplation as we've talked about before um, through the lens of Mary and Martha. So hopefully this helps kind of uh, open up your perception or conversation around these sisters and we'll see where the conversation takes us on Sunday. As always as we approach this week may we love God embrace beauty and live life to the fullest. Amen.